Hello everybody and welcome to Thematic Commander. This week we're going to be going over our theme deck of Among Us. Who's the imposter? SpongeBob, I see him. Where is he, Patrick? At the intersection of Conch and Coral. That's where I am. He's right on top of me, but I can't see him. What's he doing? Uh, he's just standing there. Menacingly! Get out of there, SpongeBob! Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Uh, it's so good to have you here. I haven't really had a lot of time to play any commander in the past couple weeks. Um, just different things happening in my life, work being one of them, and um, a couple other things like that. But for the most part, I've been building quite a few decks. I'm now in the process of building the six plus tribal deck but i'm going to be having it leading with the uh, other simic commander which is the new snake cascade uh immortal celebrant of the bounty so i'm really excited to be playing that i'm almost done with all 32 of my decks i posted a link or not a link a picture of them on twitter if you wanted to go take a look at that uh, i can also at some point, I have to also get them all into Architect and have them all posted so that I can make changes as we go. Besides that, yeah, I really haven't had a lot of time Christmas shopping, everything like that, trying to get everything together uh, before the big holidays come in. And right now it's snowing outside, so that's pretty cool. We have a northeastern coming through, I guess. I'm trying to think. I don't think I was able to play any games this week. I want to try and get one in today, so I'll try that. Uh, I finished my four-color, everything-but-blue equipment deck. Uh, it's probably a little light on removal, but I do want to try and play that on Play EDH later if I can. Uh, Saskia is the leader of that one. So with that, um, we're going to go into the lore behind the deck. So a little bit of lore behind the deck. Um, this is obviously going to be based off of Among Us, the popular game where you go around, and it's basically like a werewolf, 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 a werewolf slash mafia game, where there's one to three imposters. They go around and they can sabotage and also kill some of your crewmates. It's paid with, played with a maximum of ten players. If you are not an imposter, you are part of the crew, and the crew has general tasks that they have to go around and do and then if they find anything suspicious or a dead body they can either hit the red button or report the body and then everybody has to meet in the cafeteria and you have to discuss it at that point you're able to communicate with other people in your crew otherwise people will be making deceptions and you'll have to try and decide who you think is the imposter and or if you are the imposter how you're going to get away from any suspicion Imposters can also do things like vent, which means they can go into the ventilation shafts and appear in different parts of the ship. And for the most part, that's the entire game. Um, there's also certain sabotages where if you, as the imposter, if you, if you sabotage the reactor, what you can have happen is multiple crewmates have to go there and fix it before uh, the ship explodes and everything ends. So... That's that. That's the Among Us game. I do try and play maybe 
two to three games a night. They're fairly quick. If you ever are interested in playing Among Us, I can um, you can just contact me on Twitter, but that's fine too. All right, now a little bit about Ramos and why I chose Ramos the Dragon Engine. Not for the sheer fact that he's six mana and also a colorless 4-4, four, four, uh, but a little bit of the lore actually makes him into kind of a ship. And it, for the most part in Among Us, you're on a ship or working your way to uh, getting a ship ready for space travel. So Ramos. Ramos was a mysterious dragon engine on Mercadia that was important to many of the world's regions, particularly that of the particularly that of the Toraman. Many myths have evolved around the people of Mercadia regarding the his origins. But according to Ramos himself, he was originally he had originally been in the service of Mishra during the Brothers War, but had been captured and reprogrammed by Urza to protect people of Tessier in case they were wiped out in the conflict. Urza later confirmed this story. During the Silex blast, Ramos gathered up a number of humans and merfolk from around Argoth and plane shifted to Phyrexia, his home plane, and escaped through a portal to Mercadia, where those races would be safe. Unfortunately, on his descent, he accidentally crashed into a Mercadian city, killing many people. However, the people that had taken with him built up their own cities and over time came to think of Ramos as their creator. Millennia later, Weathership crash landed on Mercadia after fleeing Wrath. There, its crew encountered the very people that lived on the plane and learned of the different myths surrounding Ramos. They discovered the bones of Ramos, five power stones that Ramos possessed that were protected by dry dryads, former parts of the legacy. In order to recover them, several crewmates traveled to meet the supposed god. Upon reaching Ramos, he explained the true origins to the crew and gathered their, granted them the power stones contained containing his essence. During the weather ship's flight from Arcadia City, Ramos intercepted Volrath's ship and destroyed the vessel. A revolution was then triggered that swept the seat, the streets of Mercadia. So I chose Ramos basically for that part in the story where he is a ship, literally taking people to different planes. Um, so through space, if you really like to consider that. Um, I thought that was really thematic for the simple fact that you're on a ship for most of the parts of Among Us, and uh, I'm sure these Power Stones could be different things and different tasks you have to do along the way. But with that, that's the story behind Among Us. That's the story behind Ramos. So let's get on to the tasks we have to do and the deck tech. All right, see you there. And worst of all, he could be any one of us. He could be in this very room. He could be you. He could be me. I know, it's Alex. So, here we go. We're going to start with our ship, because obviously where else would you start? Ramos Dragon Engine. Six mana, or six colorless mana. Legendary artifact, creature, dragon. It has flying. It also has, it's a 4-4. It also has the ability, whenever you cast a spell, put a plus one, plus one counter on Ramos. For each one of, oh no, sorry. Whenever you cast a spell, put a plus one, plus one counter on Ramos Dragon Engine for each of that colors or of that spell's colors. Remove five plus one plus one counters from Ramos. Ramos. Add two of every color. Activate this ability only once each turn. So, like I said, he is a fairy. He is a ship, um, a fairy in the sense that he is a ship that brings people could bring people from plane to plane. 
Uh, and he works really well with uh, generating mana and kind of helping us fix colors as we go through the game. So let's start with our players. So when we're starting with our players, I represented most of our players not including the imposter as morph creatures for the simple fact that you never really know who the imposter is. So you're always trying to guess. And with a morph creature, people are always trying to guess which morph creature this is and what effects we might be in store for. So starting with our black player, it would be Bane of Prog or Bane of the Living. Sorry, no Bane of Progress in this deck. Bane of the Living is two black black four three morph X Pay X, black, black. When Bane of the Living is turned face up, all creatures get minus X, minus X uh, until end of turn. So like I said, most of our morph creatures, um, I'm going to have one of each color. So there's only going to be five. Uh, actually, I have one. Or no, there's only going to be five morph creatures. Den Protector, one in a green. Human Warrior, uh, two, one. Creatures with power less than Den Protector can't block it. It has Megamorph for... One in a green, and when it turns, when it's turn face up, return target card from your graveyard to your hand. Uh, Megamorph is it gets enters with or flips over with a plus one plus one counter on it. Exalted Angel four white white four five flying. Whenever Exalted Angel deals damage, you gain that much life. So I don't believe this has been eroded to Life Link. Yeah, so you can actually if you find a way to put Life Link on Exalted Angel, you actually gain double Life Link, and it has morph for two white white. Used to be a powerhouse back in long, long time ago when I played Legacy. Uh, you played in mono white stacks, and this would be one of the things you get out early. Start beating when you have a transfer out, and then you flip it over. But uh, Fortune's Thief, four and a red, zero one. Damage that would reduce your life total to less than one it reduces it to one instead, and it has morph for red and a red. Uh, and then Vesuvian Shapeshifter. So a lot of people told me that I should be using clones in this deck. Um, probably because you just never know. The imposter kind of disguises themselves as a clone. They're usually depicted as an alien. So Vesuvian Shapeshifter is 3 blue blue, 0 0. When it enters the battlefield or is turned face up, you may have it choose another creature on the battlefield. If you do, Vesuvian Shapeshifter is turned face up and becomes a copy of that creature except it has at the beginning of your upkeep you may turn it face down it morphs for one in a blue so also just a really strong creature but a good representation of our blue player all right and then the last card i put in this one it kind of represents all of them because at some point when you vote someone off that means you're shoving them into an airlock and sending them out into space so i have merciless executioner two in a black three one orc warrior when it enters the battlefield each opponent or each player sacrifices a creature. So now to on to the next section, which is going or the next uh, category, which is going to be our imposter. So our imposter, that's the one that's going around sabotaging, venting, trying to kill people, blaming other people for killing them. Oh, I saw blah, blah, blah in the vent. Um, make sure to end him. Uh, so so some of the real quick um, abilities that we're going to have of the imposter are going to be in this section as well as uh, our imposter. So Zancha Sleeper Agent, one black, red, five, five. Zampa Sleeper, Zancha Sleeper Agent enters the battlefield. An opponent you choose gains control of it. Zancha attacks each turn if able and can't and can't attack its owner or planeswalker its owner controls. It also has the activated ability, pay three, Zancha 
Xantra's controller loses two life and you draw a card. Any player may activate this ability. So just giving the opponent a Xantra sleeper agent and being like, oh, he's she they're part of your team. Ba, ba, ba. But really, they are going to be such a detriment to you. Uh, and then we also have sleeper agent. Sleeper agent is a one black, three, three. When sleeper agent comes into play, target opponent gains control of it at the beginning of your upkeep. Sleeper Agent deals 2 damage to you. So that means the opponent. It'll deal 2 damage to the opponent. This one's a little bit worse. Simple fact that it can attack you and you're giving them a 3-3. But in Commander, I don't know if that matters too much. Alright, some of the abilities that the Imposter has. We have Stab Wound, 2 and a black, enchantment, Enchant Creature. Enchanted Creature gets minus 2, minus 2 at the beginning of each... At the beginning of Enchanted Player's Enchanted Creatures Controller, that player loses two life. So another Xantia Sleeper Agent, but um, one of the killing moves for the Imposter is to stab somebody multiple times. So uh, Stab Wound was a good way to do that. Murderous Cut, four and a black. Delve, uh, destroy target creature. Obviously Murderous Cut, another way to represent them murking a player. Sinister Sabotage, one blue blue counter target spell, Surveil. So... Uh, like I was saying, you have the ability to sabotage. I wanted to get that word in there, sabotage. Uh, and it's just a good way to counter what somebody else is trying to do. Like, say somebody's just about to finish their long... Uh, some of the tasks are rather long. So if you want to finish... You know somebody's trying to finish that long task on data input, and you sabotage a system. Um, now they have to go and they have to fix that before uh, the time runs out and everybody dies. Uh, scheming symmetry. Now, there can be two imposters in the game. So scheming symmetry I thought was a really good way to represent um say you and this other person are like in in the table are trying to get ahead or you have to deal with something just be like, "Oh yeah, you and me, we'll we'll go and search up uh answers for this." Uh but scheming symmetry is one black choose tar choose two pl target players. Each of them searches their library then shuffles that library and puts that card onto the top of their library. So it's a Vampiric Tutor at sorcery speed for two people. Uh, Diabolic Tutor. Now this is somebody that's whispering, oh, I saw White kill someone when it's really the imposter talking to you. We all know Demonic Tutor is one in a black. Search your library for a card put into your hand. Damnation. So two black black. Destroy all creatures. They can't be regenerated. So damnation is kind of a representation of like if you didn't get to oxygen fast enough, which is a long task that um, two crewmates have to do. Or if you didn't get to reactor in time, uh, the whole ship blows up and that's kind of the end of it. So that was everything for our imposter. Now we're going to go on to some of our tasks. So these are the things that the crewmates have to do um, as time goes on. So we're going to start with uh, some of the general tasks, the small tasks that you do. So I'm representing these by Quest for the Gravelord, uh, one black. Whenever a creature dies, you may put a quest counter on Quest for the Gravelord. Remove three quest counters from, uh, from Quest, sacrifice it, create a 5-5 five -five zombie. Um, this could be your trash where you're doing uh, leaves or you're doing um, trash compactor, some of those quests. Quests for renewal, one in a green. Whenever a creature you control becomes tapped, you may put a quest counter on quest for renewal at the beginning. Er, as long as there are four quest counters on quest for renewal, untap all creatures you control during each other player's untap step. So quest for renewal could be um, 
the O2 tasks that you have on some of the levels. It could be the uh, CO2 if you want to, or the water, or the gasoline, any of those really. Luminarch's Ascension, one in a white. At the beginning of your upkeep, each at the beginning of each opponent's end step, sorry. If you don't, if you didn't lose life that turn, you may put a quest counter on it. And then if there are four quest counters or more on it, you can pay one and a white to create a 4-4 angel creature token. Um, this one could be... <laughs> this one could be card. <laughs> uh, or <laughs> This one could be card or data, uh, where you're, con you're waiting that long time for your data to upload and you're sitting there. But once it does, you feel so relieved, you start getting these 4-4s. Four one of the last quests I have, or the last quest I have here is Kaliheart uh, Expedition, one in a green, landfall. You put a quest counter on it. When there's three more quest counters on it, you can sacrifice it, search your library uh, for two basic lands, put it in play tapped. Now, this could be card because you are um, waiting, and if you don't hit those landfalls, it could be so infuriating that you can't get your card task done. I finally figured it out how to swipe card. Uh, easily and get it on the first or second try so i'm happy with that now for some of the quests that you have to um react to that are done by the imposter so we're going to have our first one um reactor dark steel reactors four mana artifact it's indestructible at the beginning of your upkeep you put a charge counter on it when there are 20 or more charge counters on it uh you win the game so this is more representing the task that the imposter has so if nobody deals with dark steel reactor in time uh you basically win the game so as the counters are building up that's that timer coming down and people are just like oh who's gonna do it somebody else will do it i'm sure and then if nobody deals with it it just explodes and they all die we're gonna do one with lights so lights and lights are another imposter thing that they can do they can turn off the lights um and everything goes dark so we're going to be representing that with darkness one black Prevent all combat damage to be dealt this turn. Uh, and you have to make sure you turn back on the lights before you can start attacking again. Corrosive Portal. Um, so this is a vote one, but you could use this one as O2. Um, or it could be another representation for our airlock. Four mana. Will of the Council at the beginning of your upkeep, starting with you, each player votes for change or homage. Or no, Carnage or Homage, sorry. If Carnage gets more votes, sacrifice Corrosive Portal and destroy all non-land permanents. If Homage gets more votes, uh, or the votes are tied, you draw a card. So this, I think, probably represents Airlock a little bit better um, for the simple fact that if you, at the end of the game, end up voting off the wrong people, you end up losing the game and destroying the ship. Cyclonic Rift. Now this, I would say, is more O2. Uh, so one in a blue... Return all non-land permanents to their owner's hands that you don't, or to an owner's hand that you don't control, and then it overload. You can target everything. This I would say is O2, and it usually is enough to. Um, somebody usually dies when they're doing O2, so if you can cyclonic rift and then somebody dies, <laughs> be kind of thematic in that way. Uh, legacy weapon. Now, legacy weapon, I'd like it to be lasers and asteroids. That's one of the tasks you have to do, where you're shooting out um, asteroids that are either hazarding your ship or not i don't know but seven mana legendary artifact you can pay one of every colored remove target permanent from the game if legacy weapon would be put into a graveyard from anywhere reveal legacy weapon and shuffle it into your owner's library instead 
Uh, and then we have Grothama, All Devouring, three green green. Uh, other creatures have, whenever this creature attacks, you may have a fight, Grothama, All Devouring. When Grothama, All Devouring leaves the battlefield, each player draws cards to the amount of damage that Grothama was dealt by sources they controlled. It's an 810. So this is just kind of an overall task. Everybody at the table either wants to or has to solve it. So thought this was a good way to bring the table together and have all of the crewmates do something. Last three here, we have uh, Flux Channeler, two and a blue, two, three, or two, two. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, proliferate. This helps with uh, Dark Steel Reactor. But it also represents a crewmate going and doing Reactor. That's what I'd like to have represented in that one. Approach of the Second Sun, six and a white, um... If Approach of the Second Sun was cast from your hand and you cast another spell named Approach of the Second Sun this game, you win the game. Otherwise, put it on, put Approach of the Second Sun as the seventh card from the top and you gain seven life. So this I'd like to represent as just the winning of the game for the crewmates. You have done all your tasks or you finally got all of the imposters off the ship and finally the sun rises and you win the game. And those are the ultimate tasks, really. Uh, ruinous ultimatum now that is the representation of the imposter winning so red red white 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 black black uh, sorcery destroy all non-land permanents your opponents control uh, just yeah the way to say uh, the imposter one on to our next section uh, we have some of the things you do around the ship so some things that can help or hurt the players is uh, cams you can be on cameras and see where people are moving um, also this can also represent uh, vitals or uh, door logs. So we have telepathy, one blue, your opponents play with their hands revealed, or omniscience, seven blue, blue, blue. You may cast spells without from your hand without paying their mana costs. Both ways to just represent, um, we know what's going on, I can kind of tell you where people were, uh, or uh, somebody is dead, and that's just kind of something we have to deal with. Uh, vents we have represented, now these are the things that imposters can use to get around. We have crawl space, Three mana, no more than two creatures, artifacts, sorry, no more than two creatures can attack each, or can attack you each combat. And then Rogue's Passage, just allowing people to get around uh, the ship and kill people. We have the uh, Investigate. So now this is just people going around and kind of trying to suss out who's being sus. Uh, we have Confirmed Suspicions, three blue, blue, counter target spell, Investigate three times. And then we have ongoing investigation, one in a blue, enchantment, whenever creature, whenever one or more creatures you control deals combat damage to a player, investigate, one in a green, exile a creature card from your graveyard, investigate, uh, gain two life. Uh, airlock, we have represented as door of nothing, or door to nothingness, ha ha ha, five mana, door to nothingness, enters the battlefield, tapped, pay two of every color. Tap it, sacrifice door to nothingness, target player loses the game. So just really, you're throwing somebody out the game, that's the end of it for them. Uh, and the other way it could be the end of it for them, the way they get into the airlock, is with voting. So our next section that is thematic, the rest are going to be kind of just supporting for the game. We have voting. These are things that are going to be representing voting. We have some voting, we have some other ways. Zinder splits judgment, four and a green, sorcery. For each player, choose friend or foe. 
Each friend creates a token copy of creatures they control of a creature they control. Each foe returns target returns a creature they control to their owner's hand. So now this is just you saying, I know Bly is good because I saw them do trash or I saw them do med bay. So I'm going to say they're a friend. Everybody else probably is a foe or I know Blah is the imposter. So I'm going to say they're a foe. So we're playing all of the all of the friend cards. So we have Venturous, Venturous Maneuver, I believe it is. Two and a black for each player. Friend mechanic. Uh, friends return a creature from their graveyard to the hand. Foes sacrifice a creature. Peers whim. Friends search the library for a land. And foes uh, each sacrifice a artifact or enchantment. Kovrath's Fury is four and a red. Friends exile or discard their hands and then draw that many cards plus one. Foes deal damage equal to the number of cards in their hands. Um, and I guess the only one I'm not running is the white one, but I'll probably add the white one anyways. Now for some of our voting cards, we have Magistrate of Roth. Magistrate of Roth, four black, white, four, four. Will of the Council. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, search your li or no, sorry. Starting with you, each player votes for grace or condemn condemnation. If grace gets more votes, each player returns each creature from their graveyard to their battlefield. If condemnation gets more votes, destroy all other, destroy all creatures other than it. And then council's judgment, council's judgment, uh, will of the council. Starting with you, each player votes for a non-land permanent you don't control. Exile each permanent with the most votes or tied for the most votes. And then some cards that kind of represent what's going on when you're in the voting part. Uh, we have Propaganda, Tuna Blue. Creatures can't attack you unless their controller pays two for each creature attacking. Heroic Intervention is that friend coming in to say, nope, I saw them do Med Bay. Don't worry about them. You don't have to be suspicious. That's one green. Permanence you control gain hexproof and indestructible until in a turn and then angel's grace is again that one player stepping in and finally saying i know who it is we we can vote them off and win this game so it's one white or white sorry split second you can't lose this the game this turn and your opponents can't win the game this turn until end of turn damage that would reduce your life total to less than one reduces it to one instead all right and then i will be back i have to go to a doctor's appointment see you soon just give me the usual, Monty, I said. Monty just scratched his head and said, What is that again? Well, the usual was a Utah burger with cheese fries and a Coke. Monty knew that. I had been coming there every day for the last four years. Then I began to realize the man behind the counter was the impostor. So, hello, we're back. Um, made it to my doctor's appointment, made it to the bunch of things I had to do for family. Uh, and that was actually the end of most of our themed sections in the deck. We do, there is one more card I wanted to add to this. It's not tournament legal. Uh, it's called Split Screen. It has, it's a unstabled card. Uh, it's four mana artifact. When split screen enters the battlefield, shuffle your library and then deal it into four libraries. If anything, sorry, if anything refers to your library, choose one of your libraries for it. Play with your library, 
library's top card revealed. When split screen leaves the battlefield, shuffle your library together. So split screen is just a really good card that represents the cams uh, that somebody suggested to me. I thought it was a really good include. So now on to just a few of the regular ramp sections and uh, support cards that aren't thematic, really. We have Soul Ring. We have all 10 of the Signets. We have Command Sphere. Uh, and we have Arcane Signet. So that leaves us with 13 ramp spells. Um, the Sorcery section, we have Farseek, Into the North, Painful Truths. Now, Painful Truths can be the fact that you... You vented somebody that was not the imposter and that's a painful truth that you realize oh my god there's still the two imposters and we just killed somebody uh press for answers is also another investigate card uh just basically asking people where were you you have to tell me where you were uh and pressing them for answers uh press for answers is one in a blue sorcery tap target creature doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step and it has investigate uh, whereas Painful Truths is two and a black, sorcery, converge, you draw cards, and you lose life equal, where X is equal to the colored mana you spent for this spell. So you can draw three cards and lose three life. Enlightened Tutor is just a way to go and make sure we can find our omniscience if we need to, or our door to nothingness, or our crawl space, anything like that. And then when it comes to lands, we have our breeding pool. We have... Every shock land that we can, um, and then our pain lands, where is it tap, deal one damage. I would also suggest, if you can add stuff like this, adding all of the battle bond and commander legends come into play quick lands, and command tower, and everything like that. So, with that, that's the deck, and we will go on to a little bit of the gameplay. Who killed Hannibal? So when it comes to gameplay and a little bit of the stats, the deck is running uh, a majority of blue-black cards uh, being 16 and 18 blue-black cards. Very little red in, in I think, only Zancha, Fortune's Thief, and the Friend and Foe card, uh, along with Ruinous Ultimatum. But for the most part, we're not running too many ways to have to get red. Green, we're running about 10 as well along with white being 12. Our mana curve is actually a 3.6, a 3.16, uh, with the majority of our cards, obviously the ramp spells making up a huge amount, as in 13 cards just being our ramp, uh, to let us get into some of the higher cost mana cards. But for the most part, the mana curve isn't that high. When it comes to our creature count, we're pretty low in 12, so you're going to be more of a control deck. But really... I think one of the ways you're going to try and win with this deck is getting out a door door to nothingness or just controlling the board with like legacy weapon and getting out a Luminarch Ascension. For the most part, um, I see this deck coming in second a whole, whole lot, uh, but you do have a lot of ways to destroy the board and to reset everything and kind of get to a new game setting. So you'll have to see. It might work out really well. Uh, when it Now we're going to go on to... Uh, the second to last section, which is finance, real quick. So we'll go into finance. Nobody's gonna know. Nobody's gonna know. They're gonna know. How would they know? 
How would they know? How would they know? I can't. I can't. I just, I can't. Oh my god! Uh, right now, without a mana base really in it, this deck comes to about $230, uh, with the major expenses being being Damnation, uh, coming in at around $35, $40, Enlightened Tutor coming in around $40 as well, and then our last most expensive card being Demonic Tutor at about $40. Without those, I mean, those are just two Tutor targets and then a Damnation. You could run a Wrath of God instead, or a Day day of destiny or day of judgment which are kind of are similar cards to it and much much cheaper uh enlightened tutor you can run an idyllic tutor if you really want to but that doesn't really get your door of death or door to nothingness and then demonic tutor you can just replace with a different type of ramp spell um, but there's plenty of substitutions you can make and things like that with that we're going to go on to the outro here they must never again leave this city. That was never a condition of our agreement, nor was giving hand to this bounty hunter! Perhaps you think you're being treated unfairly? No. Good. It would be unfortunate if I had to leave a garrison here. This deal is getting worse all the time. So, I just wanted to say thank you, everybody, for coming in, uh, listening to this episode. I thought it would be really nice to get a really quick episode out. Uh, just with this idea of Among Us, I haven't done a movie slash game themed deck in a little while, and I'm really happy to be doing this one. It's a game I've been playing a lot lately. I want to keep doing more stuff like this. If you have any ideas for different cards for the Among Us deck, please feel free to tweet at me at WolfieStar, nope, at WolfieMTG, or email me at WolfieStar12 at gmail.com. I'll be free to answer your questions. The next episode, I I might try to make a Christmas-themed episode, but I might wait off on that and just come up with another game idea. I have a few game idea ones that I want to do. Um, but yeah, with that, I want to say thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon. Keep it thematic. Bye. Seems to me we had a solid plan. Smooth, you might say. But what I can't figure out is what you were doing around the back exit. What? I couldn't go out the front. I had to improvise. Open the damn door. You called the feds. What? I got pinched. Which is what happens when you call the feds. No, I would never do that, my hand to God. May strike me down as I'm standing here. Well, you won't be standing there long. The minute we break ammo, you'll be a lot thinner once you get sucked out that hole. Oh, come on now! Uh, that ain't no way for a man to die! At once. You wanna kill me? Shoot me! Just let me in! You know, I hear tell they used to keel haul traders back in the day. I don't have a keel to haul you on, so. Oh. Okay! I'm sorry, alright? Sorry for what, Jake? I thought you'd never do such a thing. I got stupid. I'm sorry, okay? Be reasonable. What are you taking this so personal for? It ain't like I ran you out to the feds. Well, but you did. You turn on any of my crew, you turn on me. But since that's a concept you can't seem to wrap your head around, then you got no place here. You did it to me, Jane. And that's a fact.